When I get nervous, I can talk and talk and talk and talk. It's really embarrassing sometimes, and I honestly don't know how to stop myself when I get going. I'm sure the other person is bored to tears or wishing that I would just shut up already, but I just can't help it. Or can I? Is it possible to gracefully stop our rambling and get the conversation back on track? Welcome to episode 12 of How Can I Say This, where we talk about how to find the right words when words escape us. I'm your host, Beth Bilo. Thank you so much for joining me. In this episode, I respond to a listener question about what to do when you find yourself talking too much, as well as start an exploration of what really gets in our way when we're having difficulty being in conversation with someone we disagree with. If you enjoy this podcast, my guess is that you'd enjoy the Hidden Brain podcast. I listened this week to an episode featuring actor Alan Alda of MASH fame. I might be dating myself here, but I remember watching MASH when I was a kid. I was young enough that if I laughed at one of the many double entendres on the show, my dad would say, what are you laughing at? You're not supposed to get that joke. But I was old enough to have favorite characters, such as Radar, and be annoyed by others, like Frank Burns. Anyway, Alan Alda has since gone on to wildly different ventures, including hosting the show Scientific American Frontiers and writing the book, If I Understood You, Would I Have This Look on My Face? My Adventures in the Art and Science of Relating and Communicating. It was that topic he spoke about on Hidden Brain in an amusing and enlightening interview. Numerous points stood out to me, but I want to share one in particular. He said, I've noticed that the more empathy I have, the less annoying other people are. If you remember back to episode seven, we spoke at length about empathy in conversations with my guest, Grace Judson. Empathy is not about being super squishy with someone and crying alongside them. It's about seeing another person as a human being with genuine emotions and being able to meet them where they're at. You see and feel things from their perspective instead of through your own filter. Alan Alda is reminding us that when we see people as people, we can soften our stance a bit and see what they're showing us instead of what we want to see. How does that make them less annoying? The thing is, we often don't realize how much we're viewing others through our lens of expectation, thinking that they should be saying particular things or acting in a specific way. We then assess and judge the person according to how well they're meeting our expectation. No wonder we find ourselves feeling annoyed. But if we let them be who they are and meet them where they're at, without our own filters and assumptions, we're more likely to be able to relate to their situation and listen better to what they're saying. It's harder for me to be annoyed with someone I can relate to. To say, the more empathy I have, the less annoying other people are, is a simple statement, but it takes regular practice and patience to make it a habit. I'll include a link to the Alan Alda interview in the episode page at HowCanIsayThis.com. I think you'll appreciate his insights on how to build empathy into your relationships with others. Let's move to this week's listener question. Maddie submitted her question through the online form and wrote, What do you recommend when you find yourself rambling on in a conversation, job interview, podcast interview, etc., and in your head you're like, Why are you saying this? Stop! How can you gracefully stop, pivot the conversation, and move on? 
When I started my coach training 10 years ago, I remember the instructor sharing that we coaches would regularly find ourselves working with clients who had the very same issues that we had. So if I had money issues, I'd find myself with clients who had money issues. So far, it's proven true during my 10 years of coaching. And what's amazing is that it's also true with the questions submitted for this podcast. Maddie's question resonates with me because it's definitely something I've experienced and felt challenged by. In fact, it happened recently. I was having a professional lunch with three other people, two of whom I just met, and I have to admit I felt just a little intimidated by. It turns out that I had really no reason to be intimidated, but the part of me that felt insecure didn't know that to start out with, and so I found myself talking and talking a lot. Part of it was because they were good listeners and asked me questions that got me thinking. But part of it was nervous energy. As I was talking, I had exactly the same experience as Maddie describes. My brain was sending out all these little signals saying, okay, you can stop talking now. You're going on and on. What was your point anyway? How did I handle it in the moment? I laughed a bit and I acknowledged it by saying something like, oh gosh, I'm just going on and on to which they smiled and said, oh, not at all. This is interesting. I believe they were telling the truth when they said that it was interesting. But really, what else were they going to say? Yeah, you sure are. I don't think so, at least not in a professional context. When I relayed the conversation to my husband, he said, you've got to stop that. Don't apologize for being enthusiastic and sharing your thoughts. See, he knows me, and he knows that even my rambling is just talking for most other people. As an introvert, I'm typically more of a listener than a talker. But if we're on a topic that I find interesting, I can definitely get fired up and talk up a blue streak. In fact, my first library card when I was in fourth grade misspelled my last name. And instead of Beth Mount, It said, Beth Mouth. (laughs) My mother laughed when she saw it and said, how did they know? (laughs) The first thing I'd say to Maddie and anyone else who feels like they're rambling or babbling or otherwise talking too much is to check in on their assumption that they're rambling, babbling, or talking too much. For those of us who are quieter or feel more comfortable only speaking when we really have something to say, it can feel like we're going on and on when to the other person, we're just talking. That internal feeling can be rooted in insecurity, as it was during the lunch I described, and it can reflect any anxiety that we're feeling. But our perception isn't necessarily reality. That's why my husband said what he did. He was trying to give me permission to take up space in the conversation instead of shrinking myself down and being overly and unnecessarily deferential. Related to that awareness is the need to trust that what I have to say is worth taking up space. That comes down to believing I'm an equal participant in the conversation and that my voice matters. So the initial point of curiosity is to ask yourself if you really are rambling or if it just feels that way because of insecurity or lack of trust in yourself. Another thing to consider is whether you are a person who naturally processes information by talking things through. This is another introvert-extrovert difference that's helpful to be aware of. Extroverts tend to be verbal processors, so they're most comfortable thinking out loud. 
Introverts are internal processors, and we're most comfortable quietly thinking to ourselves or having time to write out our thoughts. To an introvert, being in a situation where you have to think out loud in the moment, such as a job or podcast interview, or a date, or even a conversation at a party, those can all leave us feeling like saying anything more than a few sentences is rambling. We're not used to having to search for the right words in real time, and it can definitely feel like what comes out of our mouths is a tangled mess. I know I've experienced that many, many times. And we always have to remember, it probably sounds worse to our ears than it does to the person we're talking to. Give yourself permission to think out loud and be okay with fumbling a bit as you figure out your point. That said, what if you really are rambling? For instance, you can tell by the body language of the other person that they're wondering what your point is or when you're going to stop talking. There's a funny cartoon. It's one of those some e-cards that shows two men in Victorian dress. And the caption reads, I'm sorry I slapped you, but you didn't seem like you would ever stop talking, and I panicked. What if you are the source of that panic? You certainly don't want someone to slap you, so it's best if you can figure out how to stop yourself before it comes to that. You could do what I did at that lunch, as long as it's not self-deprecating. For instance, instead of apologizing, stop yourself and say, thanks so much for listening to me go on about this. I just start talking and it's hard to stop. Or, I get so excited about this topic, it's easy for me to keep going and forget to breathe. And then stop what you're saying so that the other person can respond. Don't keep talking. You could also say, oh gosh, I just realized I'm dominating the conversation, and I bet you have something you want to say. If you feel comfortable with it, just name what's happening without making a big deal about it. The same goes for times when you're processing out loud and realizing that it's taking longer than seems reasonable, or that you're going off on tangents. My go-to method is to stop talking and say, what was my point? And then I try to sum up and make my point. I've even done this when I've been presenting in front of a group of people and I go off script a little bit. Pausing and saying, what was my point, serves two purposes. To acknowledge without apologizing that I've wandered off topic and to hit the reset button in my brain and remind myself to get to the point. If you're going into a situation, such as an interview or date, where you know you might have a tendency to ramble, give yourself space in advance to prepare how you'd respond to the most common questions that might come up. Practice your responses out loud without worrying about whether or not you're rambling. Theoretically, each time you practice, you'll refine your thoughts and be more succinct. It's important to do this aloud, not just in your head. Because usually when we're speaking, we embellish and we go down side roads that we don't when we're just thinking quietly. At least that happens to me. Preparing in advance gives you time to figure out your main point and a few key words or phrases. And then when it comes time to be in the conversation, the words will feel more comfortable coming out of your mouth and you'll be less likely to wander. And one tip, if it's a job interview, it's best not to say, I talk too much when I'm nervous. Just like most advice that we receive about job interviews, it's good to keep a positive spin on anything that could be perceived as negative. In this case, that might sound like, I can talk for days about topics I'm excited about. 
You may be more nervous than excited, but those two emotions are two sides of the same coin. So it absolutely could be the truth. Remember also that when someone asks a question or says something that you want to respond to, you don't have to start talking right away. It's okay to take a moment to think, or even three or four moments. We tend not to be comfortable with silence in conversations. Yet it's silence that helps conversations to breathe. If you want, you could say, "Hmm, great question. I'd like a moment to think about that." Then take a moment, and when you know the main point you want to make, start talking. That will cut down on the amount of rambling because you'll have a better idea of your destination before you start talking. You're less likely to get lost on the way. Maddie, I hope these ideas are helpful to you and to anyone else who tends to keep talking past when it feels comfortable. Remember that a little vulnerability can help you extract yourself from those moments if you're willing to just name what's happening and not give it too much attention. Preparation, practice, and pausing are other ways to keep any rambling habits in check. And finally, reflect on what's underneath the rambling. If it's about trusting yourself, then focus on building up that trust, and the rambling will most likely take care of itself. Before I plant the seeds for a future episode topic, I want to remind you that you can visit howcanisaythis.com for links to resources mentioned in this episode, including the Hidden Brain podcast and Alan Alda's book. While you're there, sign up for the How Can I Say This weekly newsletter to receive more communication tips and resources straight to your inbox. When you sign up, you'll also receive a link to a free guide about giving and receiving feedback. Also, I'm excited about next week's episode, which features my conversation with Kwame Christian, founder of the American Negotiation Institute. Make sure to stay tuned for that one coming soon. Now, here's what I'd like to explore in more depth in a future episode. Understanding our shadow is a topic I've been interested in for many years. Our shadow self is the counterbalance to our light, and while it can represent the darker aspects of our personality, it can also represent parts that are simply in the dark. In other words, they are hidden or unknown to us, and those parts aren't necessarily sinister. They could be what Carl Jung called the golden shadow, which includes positive traits that we don't own for ourselves, but rather project onto others. In a future episode, I'm going to more fully explore the possible connection between the shadow self and being able to be in conversation with someone we disagree with. In short, and in my first thoughts, here's my theory. What's in our shadow, that disowned self that might not be socially acceptable, is often activated when we're talking with someone with different beliefs. That person might be shining the light on some aspect of our shadow, probably something we fear or reject, and that causes us to recoil and dig our heels more firmly into our position. We don't want to acknowledge that they are touching on a truth that we might have hidden, or that they might be right in their views, which directly challenges our own feelings of rightness. For me, this is a relatively new way of thinking about the topic of difficult conversations, even if it might have been explored by others. I'm intrigued enough by the idea to take some time with it, so I'm putting it out there as a way to start the thought process, and I'll revisit it in a future episode after I've had some time to make sense of it. After all, I don't want to subject you to my thinking out loud and rambling. 
Here's a closing call to action for you related back to the Alan Alda interview that I mentioned in the beginning. The next time you're talking to someone and you find yourself feeling restless, annoyed, or frustrated, take a moment to pause, take a deep breath, and really see the person in front of you. Alda mentioned that he often found himself seeing the other person as nothing more than a talking blob, which strips them of their humanity and makes it easy to be annoyed. The practice is, as they're talking, to notice their hair, their eyes, their clothing, how they're sitting or standing, or if you can pick up something about their emotional state. Do something to bring your attention back to the person and out of your own thoughts. If it feels appropriate, mention whatever it is that you notice. You might say, I love that scarf, or your eyes are such an interesting shade of blue, or hey, where did you get that great work bag? Of course, you have to consider the context in a relationship when choosing what to notice and name, and also make sure that it's not interjected in such a way that seems like you're trying to change the subject, or that it's completely unrelated to what that person was saying. In this case, timing does make a difference. And what you choose to notice and name is going to be different depending on if it's a personal or professional relationship. The point is to intentionally focus your energy and attention on the other person and see them as a fellow human being who craves affirmation and acknowledgement. Do you, like Maddie, have a communication conundrum that you'd like to share? I welcome your questions for inclusion in a future episode. You'll find the online submission form at HowCanIsayThis.com. You can also leave a text or a voicemail 24-7 at 562-704-6643. You'll find that number on the Submit a Question page on the website. And finally, you can send me your question directly to Beth at HowCanIsayThis.com. No matter how you submit a question, you always have the choice to be completely anonymous if you like. I hope you'll consider submitting your question for the podcast. And finally, if you enjoy this podcast, I appreciate your shares, ratings, and reviews. You can find links to tell you how to subscribe and leave a review in the footer of any page at HowCanIsayThis.com. This is Beth Bilo, and you've been listening to How Can I Say This? Our podcast producer is Paul Messing, and our theme music is by Brett Anderson. Thanks so much for joining me today, and I invite you to take what you've learned here and use it to speak up, speak out, and speak courageously. Courageously.